हेलो एंड वेलकम एवरीवन टू चंद्रास टेल्स टुडे आई विल नरेट द टेल ऑफ अ लिटिल गर्ल दिव्या इन हर मिस्टिक मिरर द मिस्टिक मिरर our normal waking consciousness rational consciousness as we call it is but one special type of consciousness whilst all about it parted from it by the filmiest of screens there lie potential forms of consciousness entirely different william james in a little known village of karan mupa on the languid river of saraswati the artisans crafted a mirror made of ashtamangalam eight metals auspicious for the bride's jewelry the story goes that this was the divine gift to an artisan who prayed for a metal which was like a diamond and could reveal untold secrets the king got a crown made of it and he would immediately read the minds of his courtiers the magic mirror reflects the unvarnished truth the ancient voice of her grandmother filled the magical night are we also of royal birth asked the 6 year old divya hoping secretly to discover that she was a princess of some grand magical country how come this mirror belongs to you Ah my appa was very fond of collecting curios and antiques he had served as a royal astrologer to the maharaja of kota and had been gifted this mirror by a traveling magician appa was also a healer he knew many secrets and now forgotten and extinct herbs and plants which could cure he had cured the magician of some chronic ailment The little girl had noted the pride in Kuttiyamma's voice as she spoke of her father who would also be Divya's great grandfather. On the other hand, Divya's father was a taboo topic between them. Divya knew enough about her mother Shobhna. She had been an astronomer and scientist. She had been a dancer too. Her photographs from various dance performances were pasted all over the walls of the house. Her large doe eyes set in a tiny round face caught in various emotions of laughter, pain, anger, mortification and fear. Kuttiyamma her grandmother had been told and when she married and had a child just to thumb her nose at a world that called her short, fat and ugly. Surprisingly the child grew to be a slender doe-eyed beauty with brains. In fact Kuttiyamma along with the world was amazed at her luminous presence. Her attraction was doubled by the fact that she was oblivious to it. Her innocence added tenfold to her exquisiteness. Shobhna the dancer, the outstanding student, yes, Divya was familiar with all that as Kuttiyamma had proudly displayed all her trophies in the drawing room glass case. 
Growing up in Delhi where Kutti Amma had worked as a principal in a women's college, Divya had all, was always intrigued by the stony silence with which her questions about her father or about her parents' marriage were met. There were no photographs of her mother's marriage as if her grandmother wanted to wish away the marriage and the attendant pain, except that Divya's existence was a regular reminder that she couldn't do it. It didn't help matters that she looked more like her father than her mother, rose-tinted cheeks framed by thick, unruly hair, a determined chin and gamined smile, accompanied by a deep dimple and laughing eyes completed the picture. Whenever Divya was disobedient, to avoid a long lecture from Kuttiyamma, she would disappear to the top of the banyan tree. This caused Kuttiyamma to blame her paternal genes for creating so much havoc. They were the only time she came to hear about her father from her. The rest she got to know from the old driver Matthew, who never tired of talking about the ways of fate. He had been witness to Kuttiyamma's sudden, abrupt marriage. He had been a young boy then. He was the old family retainer. Matthew loved to chat. So Divya spent long hours discovering her mysterious father and the enigmatic professor astrologer grandfather. Later promoted to driver of the principal, he had taught Shobna how to drive. Shobna had driven into the young man's mobile, making him overturn and shout at them in fury. I'm terribly sorry. Are you hurt? Coming from such a pretty girl, the young man Ranjit Singh grimaced, staggered and swayed to his feet. Was Appa really hurt? Divya asked anxiously. The old driver smiled. Enough for them to get seriously involved. Divya had always hoped her father would come and take her away, particularly when Kuttiyama was angry with her for some offence. He was her prince charming who had forgotten about her. It made her feel abandoned and unloved. She would pray to the great unknown to take her to her papa. She felt like Dhruv. One day she would find her elusive father in some magical land. From Matthew she had heard that her maternal grandfather Nanusa had also never come to claim his daughter. So Shobna had grown up without any real male influence in her life. It looked like she, Divya, would also only know her grandmother. Kuttiyama, even in the height of her youth, had been a terror. A little less than five feet, with the complexion of dull mahogany, she looked strangely authoritative. In an attempt to improve the shade of her complexion, she powdered it. This only made her appear a grey-coloured ogre. Yet she did not harbour any illusions about her looks. Over the years, she grew bitter about men in general and reconciled to her spinster state. In this rather staid, monotonous existence entered Pandit Badri Narayan Vyas. Divya was bowed down under a huge legacy. Yet another wispy but important figure in her life was her maternal grandfather, the elusive Pandit Vyas. He was a reclusive professor of astrology with traditional choti and dhoti. 
He was good-looking and in a conventional way, tall, fair skin, with an aquiline nose. She did wonder as to why and how he had married Kutiyama. Matthew, the garrulous driver, had informed her that Nanosa, that's what she referred to him in her imagined talks. And this was what Ruchi, her dear friend from Jaipur, called her grandfather. and had been an orphan and had been brought up by an old exploitative chacha who wasn't too bothered about getting him married. Years had gone by and one day Kutti Amma had come with her college students on a field trip to Jodhpur. She met him when they stayed in the university guest house. The brief romance had ended in this marriage. He wanted to tell the world and the people who mocked him that there was someone who had agreed to marry him. Kuttiyamma echoed the same sentiment, so much for all the male members of her life, all shadowy and insubstantial. Did he ever claim his daughter? No. That had been the primary condition of marriage. She sat in her darkened room with a single candle for illumination. Before her lay the dark mirror into which she gazed for revelation. Her heart was heavy with sorrow. With Kutiyama gone, Divya felt entirely orphaned. She had never felt so lonely and abandoned in her life. Despite her many tyrannical ways, Kutiyama had been devoted to Divya. Her vision became less focused the longer she stared, until the mirror seemed filled with clouds scudding over its surface. The clouds slowly parted to reveal a figure which beckoned to her. She found herself inside the mirror itself. Where am I? asked Divya. In some misty region of my imagination, accessed in trance, or is this a realm inhabited by angels, demons and the spirits of the dead? Yes, the man had a striking resemblance to her. The same stubborn square chin, laughing eyes and curly unruly hair. Papa, the word struck in her throat. She had seen his photographs in a trunk which belonged to her mother. While hunting for some old sari for a dance in school, she had accidentally come across the smiling faces. Shobna was looking into his face glowing with joy. Divya had secretly secreted the photo to a safe hideout. That was the huge library of books Kutiyama had collected over her lifetime. Now it remained closed and unused. Sher Bahadur would clean it once in ten days. Photos were slipped into a thick toe, kept at the bottom of a pile of books. Kutiyama was nearly blind and the dust in the books triggered off her asthmatic attacks, so she rarely came here, which had once been central point of her life. He was calling out to her, only she couldn't hear. She ran, rather flew into his welcoming arms. Yes, it was so comforting to smell tobacco mingled with strong masculine perfume. For some time, they both remained absorbed in the intense happiness of having found each other. Papa, let's play chess. Divya's voice held no room for dissent. Chess had been an obsession between Kutiyama and her. Despite her near blindness, the old woman played with a cunningness 
that always left divya outwitted then she always sighed and said oh i could never win against shobhana only once did i defeat her and she threw the chess pieces to the ground in a fury the marble pieces broke divya knew that she was clearly a disappointment for her grandmother not a patch on her mother she couldn't dance to save her life born with two left feet tall but broad she was she just didn't possess any of the feminine graces that made her mother such an angel her pawns were of crystal cut so they they reflected the colors of the rainbow her father's were made of black opaque glass mysterious and forbidding divya moved her eyes papa did or amma always win she asked a trifle jealously he smiled and shook his head no never but she always played a challenging game and she sulked for a long time after losing it would take a long time before i saw her dimpled smile again divya moved her pawn with lightning speed cutting out of her father's bishop he looked crestfallen papa why did you never come it was an anguished question of an abandoned child divya had threatened the black king with her pawn he appeared withdrawn oppressed kutiyamma held me responsible for shobhana's death she thought i hadn't given her the proper medical care she never forgave me you were an infant needing a mother more but later when i was grown divya persisted as she quickly surrounded the black king with her crystalline bishop and horse how helpless he looked i tried all the phone calls went unanswered letters unread legal notices to keep off you i had enough force that i had to battle divya looked up sharply what enemies where are they he pulled her again to his heart you remind me so much of shobhi the same instinct to kill and destroy my enemies imagined or otherwise yes papa had called her amma shobhi the photos had a note at the back written in a bold scroll dear shobhi the light of my life she jumped off from his lap papa snakes and ladders let's see who wins somehow lux appeared to favor her every move she quickly climbed tall ladders to inch towards the winning goal her father meanwhile was beset with snakes that swallowed him he hadn't made much progress up the board did amma lose in this as well he thought for a while no sweetheart we never played this game okay papa catch she threw the huge multicolored ball at him he threw it back higher than she could jump and reach it rolled away she ran to grab it but it was always tantalizingly close never within reach she had really run a long way divya was panting for breath and she paused and turned round papa papa there was no one she was alone bereft cheated painful sobs racked her chest yes doctor i found her in this tearful state nowadays yes after the initial stunned silence this is better the grating voice of aunt krishna jerked her back to her permanent present circumstances krishna was a distant paternal cousin of her mother's non-stop talker and she spoke so fast it was like traveling in a super fast spaceship
It made Divya giddy, forever telling her how much they worried about her, Shobhna and Pratyama. Then there was, there was her sly teenage daughter, Varsha. She was younger and thinner version of her mother. Varsha was forever spying on Divya. She would never let any opportunity slip by telling Divya that she had odd parents and grandmother, only stopping at her maternal grandmother whom Varsha referred to oddly as Panditji. They'd come visiting from Jodhpur and normally Kutti Amma would never let them in. However, she was weak and now needed to think of Divya, her precocious 12-year-old granddaughter. Divya living with Kutti Amma who could who would change into a fire-eating dragon, then all of a sudden into a loving angel, had learned to survive her sudden changes of mood. Kutiyama's frailty made her the mother-daughter duo show excessive familial concern. Crocodile tears, whispered Kutiyama hoarsely into Divya's ears. Beware. Somehow Divya couldn't believe that her grandmother could be gone. She was such a vital present despite her age and illness. Yes, intuitively Divya had been repelled by their over-demonstrative concern for her welfare. Since they were related to her Nanosa, Divya had tried to be polite, but it was tough knowing that they were not bothered about her life, only interested in his income and property which he had acquired over a lifetime. The only thing that had been left behind for Shobhna, his daughter, was his collection of books and journals. Since he had specifically asked them to be delivered to her, Divya knew that they occupied the pride of place in her mother's private collection of books. The loquacious duo very conveniently never mentioned his house and other worldly assets. As Divya gradually focused on her immediate surroundings, <clears throat> she realized that she had spent the entire morning with her father. It was evening now and the mirror appeared like any other, except for its size and ornate frame. She was glad that she had discovered a way to escape from the prying duo. Divya gazed at the mirror fondly. She hugged her secret to herself. Yes, she would meet her father again. This time she wouldn't let him go, she thought resolutely. Yet another bright sunshiny morning, but Divya felt a weight on her chest bearing her down. She felt the curtains drawn. She kept the curtains drawn and huddled into her pillow as she heard her aunt's insistent knocking. She got up with reluctance and opened the door. She had learned that keeping it shut for a longer time might bring in hordes of neighbors. Kalubai, her old maid, and she would have to give her longer explanations for her behavior. She was able to bring on tears without much effort and ask them to leave her alone after she had swallowed the glass of milk brought by her aunt. Divya stared at the mirror hopefully. Nothing happened. Pensively, she stared at the mirror, which looked so innocuous and ordinary. She dragged the taller mirror near it in desperation. All she saw was the same tall, thin girl anxiously staring back at her. Both the mirrors were kept at an angle of 90 degrees. Three images could be observed. The girl in the middle was on either side of those edges of the mirrors. 
which were in contact with each other as she raised her left hand the image also raised its left hand in this arrangement of mirrors her image appeared to her as vogue begone and lost as herself is that i she could hear kutiyama's laughter which had no room for self pity she could almost hear her giving an explanation of the images this happens because the two lateral inversions that take place one after the other in two subsequent reflections in each mirror when two mirrors are kept inclined at an angle they can form multiple images this is because the image formed in one mirror serves as the object for the other mirror two mirrors are kept at a 60 degree angle and you are standing in uh, in the space enclosed by the mirrors then you will get five divya images if mirrors are placed parallel facing each other the angle between them is zero you will see a large number of images of the object placed between them kutti amma where are you divya whirled around and showed that her grandmother was close by sure enough there she was sitting on a favorite rocking chair she appeared younger stronger divya clung to her how do i get rid of them from the next door i have organized for a boarding school in shimla to look after your schooling dr padma knows and will take care of it kutiyama continued i had also left instructions for the house to be given on rent to the college for residential purposes i have put your money in, tr- in trusteeship in the bank dr padma is one trustee the tall bespectacled woman was an eminent activist lawyer friend of her grandmother's all this didn't make too much sense to her she knew the mirror was protecting her divya just wanted to continue hugging and holding on to her grandmother but there was an urgency in her voice divya you must beware you're surrounded by enemies good dear ma good dear ma what do you mean but there was no one there divya divya was holding on to thin air She turned around and saw a well venerable ancient man serenely sitting cross-legged at a distance. He radiated tranquility. He was smiling tenderly and his eyes twinkled gently underneath his bushy brows. Silently he handed her a cylindrical object which she recognized as a kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope consists of three plane mirrors inclined at 60 degrees to each other. This arrangement is kept in a cylindrical box which has a few pieces of colored glass at the other end. When viewed from the other end, beautiful patterns could be seen due to multiple images of the glass pieces formed by the mirrors. She could hear Kutiyama's trembling old voice from a distance as she excitedly viewed all the colorful images produced by a slight shake of the kaleidoscope. Here she put her eye to such happy images of amma and papa and herself as a tiny baby divya was totally immersed in those brief moments of intense joy there was divya a toddler taking her first uncertain steps looking up with an expression of supreme confidence then in the next instant she had toppled over and her face was contorted with grief papa rushed to swing her in his arms and kiss away her tears Papa, Papa, Divya cried out. Yet a sinister green shadow fell on her pictures. They appeared blurred. Divya shook her kaleidoscope to clear away the shadow, but it turned a menacing black, and she couldn't see anything anymore. 
they were looked up with fearful exasperation maybe this venerable old man would help baba kya hua the ancient one shook his head and tapped the box gently yes she could see again but there were rocks in the desert scorching sunshine a tall dignified man stood next to a younger looking kutiyamma they even managed to smile in a watery sort of way this must have been her elusive nanosa she looked up to see the venerable one smiling at her she went back to peering into her kaleidoscope maybe she could get to see her mother again almost as if she had wished it her amma appeared as a college girl on her trip to jodhpur and she was sitting beside divya's nanosa they seemed immersed in a discussion of extreme gravity she looked vehement and her father unhappy then he took out a piece of parchment and made some calculations nanosa looked even graver as he made his pronouncement he spoke in a deep resonant voice filled with regret i have foreseen her tragic death if she married she was not meant for marriage she would have been a world renowned scientist and had she obeyed me divya was filled with anger did you obey anyone other than your own selfish objectives didn't amma long for her father where were you then the old man was taken aback nobody had ever spoken to him like that Ah you're more like Kutti amma maybe a little taller and definitely fairer not like Shobhana Divya had felt managed to inherit all the negative qualities of her ancestors but this was new she never thought she could even remotely resemble her authoritarian grandmother somehow she never compared well with her mother Divya's heart reached out for her amma who went searching for her father maybe I should have also done that no good would have come out of it beta the ancient one groaned in her ears why divya's eyes were flashing fire at receiving no reply okay what do you see for me she knew that nanosa was an eminent astrologer from the scraps that she had picked up apparently kings and king makers politicians of all shades and hues flocked to him for their predictions he had foreseen his own odd marriage to kutiyamma as well he frowned and taking out some ancient looking parchment spent a long time peering into them divya was almost nodding off when he snorted loudly <clears throat> ah your life is full of obstacles she didn't need any soothsayer to tell her that but you're spirited brave and extremely intelligent i see you meeting your goals nanosa tell me who killed papa i'm told they were powerful people and nobody can touch them will they be brought to book there was a stillness in the air as if all natural elements waited to hear the momentous answer something stirred a swirl of dust changed into a violent sandstorm everything appeared blurred divya cried nanosa tell me i must know A spirited 19-year-old Divya entered her old home and was overpowered by the flooding memories. The smells, the sights and the tastes were all pungently familiar. Time had only heightened the images. "Kutti amma, kutti amma, I'm home." 
Divya called out in delight. All the books and furnitures had been stored away in one room since the house had been put up for rent to students. Now that Divya had become its owner, she looked forward to staying here during her vacations. She had finished her third year at the law college in Bangalore. Therefore, the house was undergoing renovation so that a portion could continue to be let out for students as advised by Padma Aunty, her guardian and guide. Earlier holidays were spent with Padma Aunty with occasional visits to her old home. Now that she had come into her own inheritance, she was loath to give up her freedom. Dusk had fallen. All the workers had left. She was alone at home except for the stray cat roaming around in the garden, hopeful for a morsel. Okay, finally, the mirror had been unpacked and stared back at her blankly in silence. The moment had finally come. She had been waiting for it for years. The atmosphere was charged with suspense, yet it seemed both had been waiting, one in eagerness, the other in resignation. Divya older but restless as a colt. She brings another mirror in desperation. Two mirrors, more mirrors, more images. This had worked earlier, she recalled. In one instance, she had a glimpse of a girl disappearing from one of the other mirrors. Tall, slender, with long hair. That was Amma. She had to catch her. She ran towards her and caught her. The tall, beautiful woman turned and smilingly held her tightly, showering her with kisses and endearments pent up for so long. Amma, what went wrong? Tears fell unchecked as silently she pointed to a shadow behind her. The menacing dark shape became clearer. Yes, it was someone she had seen earlier. Why was Papa murdered? Was it just a robbery as the police claimed? Divya asked in a rushed anxiety. Her mother spoke thoughtfully. Ranjit, always lovable, had this weakness. He was always dreaming up impossible projects. Some of them did bring him huge profits. He was hopeless with his accounts. His partner also duped him of a huge amount of money, betrayed him. When Ranjit threatened police action as well, as going to court that he sealed his own fate. So Loda uncle killed him. He had come when Ankutyama died. I disliked him instinctively. Padmanti had taken charge and gave us little details of my life as was possible. I will take revenge, justice will be done. Sobs of anger mixed with self-pity racked her. She felt her mother's soft embrace. No, my darling, that's not your job. You don't worry your little head about such issues. She was being rocked gently into her mother's arms. A sea of contentment and relief washed over her. Divya nodded off to sleep. It was the continuous ringing of the doorbell that woke her up. There was her faithful Durga by standing at the doorbell, all alarmed and annoyed. It was half past ten. She heard Durga by muttering. Yehi hota hai, meaning that the poor orphan child had nobody to put the brakes on her life. She thrust the morning papers in Divya's hands. Divya rubbed her eyes and stared at the headlines. Yes, a leading industrialist who was a minister, M.L. Lodha, had died in a helicopter crash along with another politician and the pilot. Yes, 
It was it only last night that Amma had told her about retribution. She stared at the mirror, went down on her knees and prayed. She felt as if a huge weight had been lifted from her soldier's shoulders. At last she was free.